The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. Welcome to another program with Truths to Live By, a ministry of Harriman Baptist Tabernacle in Harriman, Tennessee. You're listening to Brother Benjamin Cooley. I pray we would be a blessing to you today. With our Bibles open again to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, we continue our study of this excellent way and the way of Christian love. First for a word of prayer, then we look to verse number 7. Father, I come now in Jesus' name. I ask for your grace and help today to preach your word. I pray you would edify the saints. I pray you would notify that sinner that may listen to this message and show them the absence of the love of God in their hearts as they need to come to know Christ as Lord and Savior. Thank you for first loving me, that I can now love you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Our Bibles are open now. We look to verse number 7 as we continue the thought of love and how it acts. Charity, love, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. And so Paul has been dealing with love and how it acts. We saw love's reputation back in verse number four and how it was known for its heart, patient, practical, pure, it suffers long. It's kind. It envies not. It's known for its humility. It's not puffed up. It vaunteth not itself. It's known for its honor and all of its testimony. It does not behave unseemly. It does not seek her own. And it is not easily provoked. And then in all of its thoughts, it's honorable as it thinketh no evil. Charity's rejoicing. Therefore, it does not rejoice in iniquity. It refuses to smile in or at iniquity. It rejoices to stand in the truth. But now we have read verse 7, 
and we see charity's response. It responds with silence many times, for it beareth all things. It undergoes hardships and does so patiently. It covers over things with silence, but then its response also with sweetness. It believeth all things. Charity has faith. Charity entrusts. Charity believeth all things. Silence, sweetness, but then it responds with strength. It hopeth all things. There is a confident expectation. There is a hope born in the soul of the believer who is filled with God's love, and they hope all things. They're expecting things to turn out right and turn out good for the glory of God. But then charity responds with steadfastness. It endureth all things. Charity stays under the load. It remains that it might undergo the hardships, bear under the trials with fortitude, with perseverance. It presses onward and forward. Charity's response is one of silence, sweetness, strength, and steadfastness. This is love and how it acts. And I believe in these four little statements, we can see charity's response being how charity reacts to situations, to suffering, to circumstances, whether it be pressure, whether it be people, whether it be problems, whatever the case might be, charity will come shining through and God will receive the glory. Now, through the rest of this chapter, we see charity and how it abides. I believe, first of all, in verse 8, there is an emphatic truth. Paul says plainly, charity never faileth. means there's not one time, there's not one place, there's not one area, there's not one person that charity has ever failed. It simply does not happen. No, never at all, not at any time. Charity never faileth. It it does not drop away. It does not ever lose its efficacy, its power, its virtue, and its value. Charity never faileth. It's always right. It will always work. It should always accompany us in our journey of faith as we walk our heavenly pilgrimage toward our heavenly home. There is emphatic truth, truth that is emphasized, truth that is straight and strong and dogmatic. But now verse 8 again, I believe we see elementary truth. He says, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. He's talking about those sign gifts in the days of the early church, the elementary things such as tongues and knowledge and prophecy. 
these things, well, he says plainly, prophecies, they shall fail. Tongues, they shall cease. Knowledge, it shall vanish away. But not charity. Charity will not drop away. Charity will not cease to be. Charity will not fail. It will continue. It will abide. It will go on and on forever and forever. But now we look at expectant truth. Verses 9 through 12. There is the expectation of the saints. Verse 9 speaks of that partial revelation. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. The full canon of the word of God was not yet completed. But in verse 10, he speaks about that perfect revelation. He says, but when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. The saints were expecting the completion and therefore the possession of the entire revelation of God to be in their hands and the Lord willing in their hearts. That perfect revelation which we hold, the Word of God, for you and I in America, it is the King James Bible. It is a perfect revelation. And when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. This is the saints' expectation. They were looking for God's perfect word to be theirs one day. But for the time, there would be prophecies, there would be tongues, there would be knowledge, but these things would pass away. But what would there still be? There would still be love. There would still be charity. It was operating then. It would operate later. It operates today. And it will forever be. But now the experience of the saints. The experience is compared to a child's growth in verse 11. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. And then he says that the experience of the saints is considered for the church's growth in verse 12. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. With the comparison of a child's growth, with the consideration for the church's growth, he is calling the believers to maturity, to go on put away childish things, to lay hold of love and go forward and onward in the Christian life. And then beyond this day, when we are called to maturity, there is that coming day when we shall be in glory and then face to face. Then there will be a perfect knowledge one of another and we will know even as we are known. Just as God knows us, we will know one another. Charity and how it abides. There is emphatic truth, it never faileth. Elementary truth, things such as tongues, knowledge, prophecies, they shall pass away, they shall cease. Expectant truth, the truth of God's revelation. They expected it to be in their lives, in their hands. 
but then eternal truth. And now abideth faith. Here is the abiding persuasion of Christianity, our faith in Christ. And now abideth hope. Here is the abiding promise of Christianity. We have a hope that saves, a living hope, an expectant hope, and yea, a blessed hope. Christ is coming again. And now abideth charity, the abiding practice of Christianity. Love in action, as given by God, prompted by the Spirit, and for Jesus' sake. These three, faith, hope, charity. We can call them the abiding principles of Christianity. A study of the New Testament reveals faith, hope, and love throughout its pages with God's people exhibiting these three within and without as they follow Christ in the power of the Spirit on their journey to heaven. And then he says, but the greatest of these is charity. And we close with an elevated truth. The greatest of these is charity. We thank you for making this ministry a part of your day. And in closing, we want to point you to the words of our Lord in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. He answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And truly it is written. God's word, every word, presents us with truths to live by. You've been listening to Brother Benjamin Cooley. Please send all correspondence to Truths to Live By, P.O. Box 575, Harriman, Tennessee, 37748. Or you can email us at bmarkcooley at gmail.com. And finally, brethren, pray for us.